got one of our very own team members bringing the word to us, James Cheggy. He's on our leadership team. He also oversees Operation Solid Lives, our discipleship class. I know he has a great word for you today, so would you help welcome James Cheggy? Good morning, family. God is good. Man, I'm so grateful that I know a God who can be in Kalamazoo doing great things, and he's also in Nicaragua doing great things. Amen? Amen. We thank God for, uh, for this opportunity to be here today. I, I look around and I see all the great faces. Last night was great, and this morning is going to be even greater. Amen? All right. Again, um, as Pastor Daniel said, my wife Misty and I have the pleasure and the privilege of leading our Operation Solid Life, our discipleship program. If you have never taken any class at OSL, there is some opportunities that are coming up uh, starting next week, uh, level three and level one. So I'm encouraging each and every one of us to jump in. This morning as we get ready to get into the Word of God, can we position our hearts in a place of receiving. Let us expect to hear from God today. Amen. Actually, before we even do a Bible declaration, can we uh, close our eyes and pray and ask the Lord to speak to us? Father, in Jesus' name, we gather together in your house, Lord, and we thank you that you have great things that you want to share with us today. So we open our hearts to hear from you, God. Holy Spirit, we ask today that you will speak the things that you have been uh, wanting to do in our lives today. And that, Lord, we are not going to leave this place the same, but we'll be transformed by the power of your word in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's do a Bible declaration, not because it is uh, uh, something that we do all the time, but it is a, a confession uh, and a declaration of our faith today. This is my Bible. It is God speaking to me. I am who it says I am. I can have what it says I can have. I can, <laughs> says I can have. So I open my heart today to hear God speak a word that will change my life forever. If you would turn with me to John chapter 8 this morning. We're going to look at a scripture starting from verse 31 to 36. And today we're going to read from the New King James Version. If you have a different version, that's great. Uh, there are many other great versions out there. But so that we can fill this atmosphere and this room with the same words, we're going to read from the New King James. And this is what it says. John chapter 8, verse 31. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Jesus answered them, Most urgently I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Just looking a casual look at this uh, passage of Scripture, we observe a few things. One, this is a conversation between Jesus and Jews who believed. Okay, It is a conversation between Jesus and Jewish believers. And the subject that they're talking about, it is apparent that it is about freedom. How do I know that? 
in this portion of scripture, there are about seven, there are seven references of free or similar words or related to freedom. There is free, it appears four times. There's bondage, and there is slave. Slave appears twice, bondage one, and free appears four times. So seven times in this conversation, there's that reference. I think that, that Jesus really wanted to communicate about free uh, to these people. So who are these Jewish believers? So the Jewish uh, religion was one that believed righteousness comes by doing things that God has asked them to do, obeying the Mosaic law, uh, washings and ceremonial cleansings, making sacrifices of bulls and sheep to, ke- to take away their sins. But God had promised them that there is going to be a Messiah coming, the anointed one. The Messiah, actually, would take the sins of the world and die for every, man- every mankind. And then he would take away their sins. The Messiah also was going to bring in the kingdom of God. Many Jews did not believe that. But this particular group of Jews that Jesus is talking to, they believed him. Who are believers today or how can we become believers today? According to the word of God, in Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, it says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. When we have that relationship uh, that, 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 that happens in our lives, we call that being saved. You've had people saying, I'm, I'm, I'm saved. It also called the new creation or the new birth. How can it be that we are alive and we confess to Jesus and then we are made alive? We, have, we become a new creation. The truth is that when God created man, he made man into a three-part being. We are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. It's easy to identify the body. We see it every day. Um, the soul is our mind our will, and our emotions. And then the spirit is that part of us that connects with God. But when Adam sinned in the beginning, that part of us died. Not because it was like completely dead like we know death, but it became dormant. We could not be able to communicate or relate to God the way God intended. That was death. When Jesus comes into our lives, when we become believers, when we confess that God has raised Jesus from the dead and that we confess our sins to him. The Holy Spirit comes and joins with our spirit and reunites us with God and gives our spirit that new life. That is what being made alive by Christ or new creation. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, the Bible says that if anyone is in Christ is a new creation, all things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And then verse 18, now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. Another verse that talks about being made alive is Ephesians 2 verse 1 and 2. And it says that, and you he made alive who were dead in sins and trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. You see what happened was, After the fall, after Adam sinned, the soul became the ruler of mankind. The soul, the will, the mind, the emotions, 
and also the flesh, the desires that we have. That mind does whatever it wants. We think the thoughts that we think. We have no control. We have no, no barriers, anything of that nature. The body has cravings that do not please God. Our emotions, what is it that, how do we respond to people when people tick us off, when somebody cuts us off? How do we do that? That is the soul playing out. Think about it. Before we became Christians or before we, 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 we got to know Jesus, we lived a life that when we look back, we see, man, I don't think, I don't even believe that I lived that way because it's so different now. And the reason is because according to what Ephesians says, we were dead and we followed the course of the world. You know, if you have ever been on a river, uh, I, I enjoy kayaking now because my wife taught me how to kayak. And so when you are in the course of the river, sometimes you don't, do need, you don't even need to do anything or paddle or anything like that. The river will take you. And that is where many of the, of the people who are not believers are. They are in the course of this world. We think the way the world thinks. We speak the way the world speaks. We do and desire the things that the world desires and does. So our flesh has been in control all this time. But we come to Jesus and we become born again. Our spirit becomes reunited with God and we have this new life now. However, the flesh and the soul still want to be in domination. They still want to control us. That is why sometimes when, uh, when somebody, when you're angry about something, some not very nice words come out of your mouth, of our mouths, you know? Uh, so because the flesh has been in control all this time, God wants us to have an experience, a change. The reason is that when we gave our lives to Jesus, he really took our lives. You notice that? He really did take our lives. 2 Corinthians 5.15 it says that he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. You know, before we became, we, we, know, we knew Christ, it was all about me. I want the job that is going to pay me the most money. Okay? It doesn't matter how far away I have to move. It doesn't matter what kind of things I have to compromise. I want the job that is going to give me the most money. A career. We always uh, we are we we are taught that you know you go to school you get a job you make money you know but God wants us to experience the life that He has called us to. What is it that God has been talking to us? What is it that God wants to transform in our lives so that it can reflect Him? He's taking He wants to take our lives and make them His own life. Ephesians two verse ten. It says that we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. When God created us, he knew that there was a plan and a purpose for our lives, a purpose that is going to glorify him. A little bit um, later in the book of Ephesians, it talks about how that God has designed it that his manifold mystery and wisdom will be made known to the whole world through the church. Who is the church? The church of Jesus Christ is you and me, believers in Christ. It is not about buildings. It is not about programs. It is not about uh, stuff. It is about you and me. 
And the only reason and the only way that God can show his manifold wisdom through, to the world is through me and you living the life that God has called us to, be, to live. And therefore, this morning, I want us to think about what is it that uh, has been hindering us from living a, fully, a full life that God is wanting to use or how, a life that uh, reflects God in our lives. So sometimes what happens is uh, because we have lived our lives according to the flesh and according to the soul, being dominated by the soul so many times and so long, we still experience bondage. We still think, man, I know God wants me to go to this mission, but I want to make money, you know? I know God wants me to live in this neighborhood, but I'm worried about my safety. I know God wants me to give to missions, but I want to buy the most recent cell phone. I know God wants me to study the word, but man, season three of so-and-so is coming up this week, you know? I cannot do that. What are those things that are limiting us from being the people that God has called us to be? And sometimes we get into this situation where we put it off for so long, we put it off for so long. What do we need to do to be free or to be able to be the people that God has called us to be? Looking at the scripture that we just read in John chapter 8, when Jesus told these guys that um, if you are my disciples indeed, you will be free. What is the first response that they did? They said, I don't know what you're talking about. We are not, we have never been bound. Isn't that what it says in verse 33? They denied, they answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say that you will be made free? The truth of the matter is when God spoke to Abraham and said to him, your descendants will be as many as the sand on the seashore and as many as the stars in the heavens and they will occupy this land. He also told him that this is not going to happen right now. Your descendants will be taken away into a foreign land, and they will be in that land in bondage for many years, 400 and some years. Then they came out of that land. They came into the land of the promise. They divided the land, and they lived there. For so many years, they were obeying God and disobeying God and obeying Him and disobeying Him, and God shipped them out into bondage in Babylon. Then they came back after some time. And even during this time that Jesus is talking to these Jews, the Romans were in control of their land. What does that show us? They did not acknowledge that they were in bondage. And today, the first step that we need to, so that we can become free, is to acknowledge and say, Lord, you know my life. I am bound in this particular area. I want to be free in this particular area and agree with him. The second thing that they did was they rationalized their situation. They pointed out to their father, Abraham, uh, and they said that they have never been bound. Is it that so many times that we have become accustomed to the limitations that the soul has placed on us? Words that come out of our mouth is, it's my personality. I tell it like it is, you know? Uh, I don't take junk from anyone. I will speak my mind, you know? 
We have been in these conditions and situations for so long that now we have, we have become, they have become who we are. We, we identify ourselves with them. Remember the words that come out of your mouth or how, how you rationalize a situation when God speaks to you. We need to make sure that uh, words like, it runs in the family. I can never seem to be able to get over this thing. My biggest problem is bread. It is my downfall, you know, stuff like that. We have become complacent. What is Jesus saying to us right now? What is it that he is pointing out to you that you know, and I believe that God is pointing out to things in our lives individually, getting in our space and showing us the things that he's been trying to get us to overcome and and to have victory and to gain victory over. How does God do this? Jesus talked about discipleship. And he's told, he told the Jews that if you abide in my word, what does abide mean? It means to stay with. It means to tarry. It means to hang on. It means to go along with. It means to be invested. Freedom comes when we tarry in the Lord. And discipleship gives us that opportunity. You see, what happens in discipleship is God starts showing us who we truly are in Christ. We are a new creation. The old has passed away. The new has come. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We are no longer bound. We are born again. We have the promise of the Holy Spirit. He wants to fill us with His Spirit. He says that He desires to give us the kingdom. It says that it it gives Him great pleasure to give us the kingdom. We know that we are His children. The Bible says in, in, in 1 John that we are His children right now. But it does not, we don't know what it's going to be like when He comes. But what we know is we shall be like He is. So when we get into discipleship, when we stay with the Lord, when His Word comes into our hearts, we first and foremost get to see exactly who we are in Christ Jesus. And then God starts showing us what He wants to do in our lives. Because we know that God did not call us to be spectators. God called us to be active in His kingdom and in His house. Because there's something that He is working in you that He wants the world to see through you. And so the process of freedom, and we're going to look at uh, verse 36 a little bit more. So what is freedom? The English Bible has been translated from uh, the Greek Bible. And the Greek words are, you know, the Greek language has, it's very rich. It has different words that mean this, you know, different things. But because the English language is so limited, we take the same words and we translate it, you know, we translate different words for the same word. Like, if, like I said, in this scripture, we have the word free four different times. But in verse 36, it appears two times. And this is what it says. Therefore, this, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. What does free and free mean? What, is there a difference? What is it exactly that God is saying? The first word Free, when it says the sun makes you free, the Greek word is eleuthera. 
it is an it is an action word. It is a verb. A verb is an action word like sit, walk, and talk. It means to set free, to release from bondage, to remove the restrictions of sin and darkness, because God has del- because we are being delivered by God into true spiritual liberty. Jesus is saying, I will take the bondages away. I will take the restrictions away. I will get you out of bondage and into spiritual freedom, into spiritual liberty. The second word, elithora, the second word free is the Greek word elithora, and it's an adjective. An adjective, that's what? Describes a thing or a place or a person. It describes a person. It means somebody who is free, liberated, unbound, unshackled. Basically, free to realize one's destiny in Christ Jesus. So what is Jesus saying? That if the Son, Him, makes you free, takes off all the restrictions and bondage and, 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 and all the shackles, that you then will become able to do all that God has called you to be. It, it says that that particular word free also means like when slaves have, been, have become free. They can go wherever they wanted to go. They can do the things that they were previously restricted from doing. The thing that God has been wanting to do in your life and you have been restricted from doing it today, God wants to set us free so that we can experience that freedom to do that thing. The other thing that I want us to point out is, who makes us free? It says right there, if the Son makes you free. I'll tell you my personal story. There was a time that I had money problems. Money problems not because I didn't have money, but money problems because I was misusing the money that God had given me. I thought that when I give my tithe, then I can do whatever I want with the rest of it. I couldn't be able to save. I would save a little bit. And then after some time, I would take it all out and blow it. Buying things that I didn't even have anything to show for it. Spending my money or the money that God has given me in places that I didn't need to be. And then I came into discipleship. And I knew that this is an issue. I want to do what God God wants me to do. I want to experience the increase that God wants me to experience. And so I cried out to God and like, Lord, what do I need to do? How can I get over this? I had tried like being discreet about the money that I spend or accounting for it and uh, budgeting. Those are all good things. But God got into my personal space. And when I prayed that prayer, and this is what God told me, that I have a problem. I have the love of money. I'm like, how can I love money? I don't even have enough of it. You know, but because when I didn't have money in my pockets, I was miserable. My mood changed. I was miserable. I couldn't have fun. I, I mean, there was no, nothing was going on in me. But when I got money, I was happy, you know. But then again, I would blow it all off and then I would be sad and miserable again. So God started dealing with that in my life. I said, Lord, if that is your assessment about my situation, I agree. 
that I have a problem, and my problem is that I love money. Let's take care of it. Now I can tell you that it can, I can go two weeks without spending money, and I'm feeling okay. I can go two weeks without having a dollar in my pocket, and I'm okay. Sometimes it's my wife who will say, hey, babe, would you like some money? You know, like, here, $10, keep it in your wallet. And, uh, but I, I, I'm free, you know. Money is not an issue now for me because Jesus made me free. There were things that I tried to do myself, but I couldn't. But when Jesus set me free, I am free indeed. This morning I'm asking you, what is it that God is saying to you? What is it that God is pointing out in your particular life and your particular situation that he wants to take care of? As we're getting ready to close uh, uh, this, uh, this morning, let us close our eyes and reflect on the things that we have spoken today. Jesus is saying to us, today I want to set you free. Do not go another day being bound. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. The Bible also says that today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the day of rebellion. Father, we give you thanks and praise this morning. We thank you for your word that teaches us, Lord, to say no to ungodliness. We thank you, Lord, that you have spoken to us individually and corporately about those things that you've been talking to us for a long time and you're ready to set us free from. And today, God, we want to be the way that you have, you have shown us in your word. We acknowledge that we are bound. We're not going to continue rationalizing our situations and we say yes to you today. As eyes are closed today, if you're here and maybe you've never given your life to Jesus ever before, You've never become a believer. You've never uh, asked Jesus to come into your life. And you want this day, that to happen for you. Would you raise your hand for Would you raise your hand up, please? You've never given your life to Jesus, but today you're making the, the choice. I want to be free. I want to be born again. And for the rest of us, can we reflect on the things that God is speaking to us individually? And uh, when we close out, we're going to have people up here who are ready and willing to pray with you so that we can join together. It is important that we, do, we take that first step because today is the day that God wants us to, uh, to be transformed. 